This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv and in audio at amiplus.ca. The province of Saskatchewan is dealing with a record overcrowding in some of their hospitals. Saskatoon's largest hospital, I can speak English, I swear, Saskatoon's largest hospital resorted to having patients waiting in hallways... The nurses' union says officials need to do more to address the issue. John Lepke has been following the story. He's a freelance journalist based in Saskatoon. Hey, good morning again, John. Good morning, Dave. So, John, what's the full extent of the situation? Yeah, I mean, I think it's fair to say that the situation, if we had to put a title on it, is pretty dire. Um, there was an action plan put in place last year, late last year for Saskatoon and Regina. We'll get to that in a minute, I think. But um, this came at a time when a fire marshal was called to one of Saskatoon's hospitals in November last year due to concerns that overcrowding was increasing risks to patients should an emergency like that happen, including one person who called in the fire marshal after uh, concerns because they were blocking an exit. Um that action plan has included more staff and beds, um, but as of last week, there were patients waiting more than 120 hours in the hallway at one of those Oof. hospitals. Oof. Well, so what are hospitals doing in the short term, in the immediacy here, to deal with overcrowding? Yeah, so like I mentioned, people have been placed in hallways, and the largest topic of conversation that I see from healthcare staff, both in the media and I happen to go to school with a bunch of people who became nurses, is how people can be accommodated. So that can look like, you know, how how quickly can we get them into maybe a rehabilitation or a convalescent bed that may be a little bit more open? Or as always, you know, how can we get them home um, and supported in, in their home environment? Um, if we look at the data this morning, because the Sask Health Authority has a dashboard that is updated every 15 minutes so we're a little bit out of date but as of 8:22 local time <laughs> there were only 28 vacant beds in saskatoon's hospitals ignoring our children's hospital the vast majority of those beds were um quote-unquote over capacity beds so not ones that are part of sort of day-to-day -day operations in an ideal world you mentioned Regina, the provincial capital. The province introduced a capacity pressure action plan last fall. Everything's got to be an action plan, John. What is that intending to do in terms of easing some of these pressures? Well, you and I both know it looks better on a press release. Um, more beds <laughs> have been added and more staff positions have been created. But it's important to note that the vast majority of those new staff positions have not been filled yet. Um, looking at about upwards of 200 uh, new positions created and only about 90 filled as of a report by CBC last week. Um, to give you context, the local nurses union, which is never shy either, has described the situation as inhumane for both patients and staff. John, there's been no shortage of healthcare coverage in the national media. I know that I've been like a dog on a bone with some of the issues in Quebec that have popped up since mid-October through November and into the winter months. Certainly, I was on the British Columbia side of the story in January when their hospitals were well over 100% capacity. 
I, I think I know the answer to this question, but why do you think the Saskatchewan side of the story hasn't necessarily garnered the same attention? Yeah, I think there are three things that happen here. I mean, one, and, and the predictable answer is, you know, Saskatchewan is one of the provinces that we we can sometimes refer to as the flyover yeah, province. You yeah. wave at it as you as you you know you fly to uh, Alberta, more commonly British Columbia. But there are two more parts that I think are are sort of even more telling. So. Our healthcare system has been under a tremendous amount of pressure even before COVID-19. Um, the plight of rural Saskatchewanians has been a real issue um, with hospital, you know, ER closures or pauses due to that lack of staffing. Um, but I think there's a little bit of, for lack of a better term, uh, reader fatigue. You see so many healthcare stories around COVID-19 and, and healthcare in general, and those are really important. But I think it has left sort of the the um, topics like hospital overcrowding to, to lead to responses like, well, at least at least they're there, at least they're getting treatment. The second part, and this is more local, is that you know in the court of public opinion, I think Saskatchewan teachers have really dominated the court of opinion in the last mm, little while, and mm. um, for for good reason, but it does often feel a little bit like we can only have one public service issue at a time that dominates headlines, and and the um. Uh, the the hospitals are a, sort of a victim of that. I will say that uh, from my vantage point, November and December uh, it was a higher topic of conversation when these reports came out. Um, but this is one of the cases where we follow up and find out that the follow through net hasn't necessarily mm. been there. John, I loathe to relive March of 2020 through about March <laughs> of 2022. Just those were a very difficult couple of years for a lot of people in a lot of different ways. I consumed and uh, shared a whole lot of COVID-19 news. It basically led the show for about two years. Mm -hmm. One of my recollections, and correct me if I'm wrong here, is Saskatchewan is one of the only provinces that actually required extreme federal military assistance in terms of propping up their healthcare system for sustained periods of time during the pandemic. And I wonder if maybe that's one of the things that got lost in the Omicron wave, that during Delta, Saskatchewan's system was on the brink of collapse, right? Now, there were a lot of systems that were darn close during the course of the pandemic, but Saskatchewan was really, really close to utter collapse. Well, and Saskatchewan was one of the first provinces to reduce their reporting requirements. Um, and a pessimist, uh, which I would count myself as one, might say that uh, that was an effort to take away sort of the high focus on, on um, you know, the failings of our healthcare system. But but you're right that, that Saskatchewan had uh, and continues to have a really tough time navigating how COVID can impact our healthcare system. And by the way, um, you know, the topic of conversation that has been most prominent uh, over the last oh, decade or so with Saskatoon hospitals has been plights like um, the fact that nurses have to pay and 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 patients have to pay an exorbitant pricing in terms of parking. Yeah, at, yeah. Particularly these Saskatoon and Regina hospitals. Um, but our our hospital narrative, if we can call it that, has traditionally focused more on the rural areas. Um, so I think now that it's a, uh, a, a terrible metaphor here, but uh, you know it's a war on two fronts.
Yeah, it, it, it's fragility. The medical system is a fragile one in Canada, whether it be in Saskatchewan, whether it be in Atlantic Canada or elsewhere. At this point, I don't think there's any province that is particularly uh, saying that we've got this thing under control because it's pretty clear that uh, at this point, nobody does. And it's it's one of the big underlying brambling concerns that even when there's $2 billion health deals struck over a year ago between the feds and the provinces, only four provinces have actually formally cut a deal since then. So uh, the issues are on. Ongoing. John, thank you for this. Mm -hmm. Always a pleasure. Have a great day. Thanks so much, Dave. That's John Lepke, freelance journalist based in Saskatoon. Coming up next, lightening the mood, getting into the athletics. Not the clanging and banging that I wanted to do at the gym this morning. Training season for marathons and triathlons. Elizabeth Moeller reflects on her experience. This is now with Dave Brown on AMI TV. Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. The Walrus is Canada's conversation, and you're invited to take part. Download AMI's Voices of the Walrus, where professional narrators read selected articles from the magazine. Available wherever you download your AMI podcasts.